Hi everyone and welcome to Lift Your Life. Today I am joined by a hybrid athlete and also a women's PT. A hybrid athlete, yes, it is the first time I am joined by a hybrid athlete. I did not know what a hybrid athlete was. However, um, my guest today is going to shed some light on that. So Mara Hafizi, how are you doing today? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks so much uh, for having me on. No problem. It's an absolute pleasure having you on. How are you keeping? How are things? Yeah, really good. Uh, I think, um, you know, it's been a tough uh, past year, but I think, uh, you know, slowly now as uh, the sun is coming out, well, I mean, we've had the rain today. But well, we did have the rain. Today, right? it's been, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's finally like, I feel like there's some optimism. And as a hybrid athlete, I'm sure you appreciated the sun. And did you manage to get out? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I do not like the winter. I, I really am not a fan of cold weather. Give me the sun. Give me hot weather anytime. And oh my gosh, I feel like I thrive. Um, I, mean, I joke about how I love this. Uh, you know, I love exercise and outdoors just because of the tan. But like, it's more to that. Like, it just... There's just something about going outdoors and just being in the sun in hot weather. And oh, I just love it. It's, my it's a great feel. It's a great feeling. I agree yeah. with you. It is a great feeling. Um, and it just, it's just, it makes a, such an impact on your mood, doesn't it? Don't you think it makes such oh, an yeah, impact on your mood? Totally. Like waking up early and it's just not even, you know, whatever time you wake up and it's just, it's bright outside. That in itself is just like a mental boost. I agree. Totally agree with you there. So hybrid athlete, before we go into anything else, before we go into anything else at all, Mara, I want to know, and I'm sure everybody else that's going to be listening to this podcast wants to know, what's a hybrid athlete? Yeah, so I mean... I think I'm probably going to get people saying like, what? She just can't make her mind up. <laughs> Which is probably, yeah, probably why I have decided. I mean, I uh, came into, um, you know, fitness and exercise, um, you know, just starting with uh, doing a lot of long distance running. And then, um, so initially I used to call myself, um, you know, say that I was a uh, runner, but then I really fell in love with, you know, going into the gym and lifting weights. Uh, and then um, I really started enjoying uh, CrossFit. I love CrossFit. Uh, and um, also uh, started uh, taking part in multi-sports. So uh, triathlons and duathlons. I love uh, cycling. And so in the end, I decided, I thought, you know, hybrid was the best term to describe myself because I didn't want to commit to one box. And I think, you know, I think it describes how I like, you know, being across different uh, fields of sports. So hybrid athlete, is this something that's known or is it just a Mara special? <laughs> no, I think it is uh, known. There are a couple of people who other people um, out there who do label themselves the same. But I think, you know, it's quite uh, at the moment we're quite a small group um, of us uh, but I'm sure you know if you go on Instagram you probably will be able to find more and more people uh, calling themselves that. Okay okay so before you even decided to go into this so you, you you spoke about you, your passion for long distance running so 
take it take me back to the very beginning where you sort of discovered exercise and where you discovered well where you started competing and and how yeah. that was so i mean when i was younger uh, i mean i grew up with a family who my family were just very kind of supportive in terms of going outwards and uh, you know cycling i did a lot of um horse riding it was quite an uh, different from a lot, you know, typical Asian, South Asian upbringing. So I did a lot of like ballet dancing. And okay. I, you know, I fell into it, but Irish dancing as well. I don't know how I fell into that. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was quite different. And uh, netball as well. Netball was something I really, really uh, was in love with for um, a long part of my teenage years. And then uh, just before I got into university, um, yeah, I stopped probably before I went into university um, for a while. And then when I went into university, I was like, okay, um, you know, I think I was in my final year and I was like, okay, I think I need to, you know, go back into exercise. I haven't really worked out in a long time. And at that time, my younger brother was uh, applying for American universities and he was rowing. Uh, quite a lot he was also playing basketball and cricket and I was like I'm not really doing anything particularly so did you have a, did you just have like a gap then between yeah, your like school bit. years and and, and uni, uni yeah. years of okay. yeah exactly so then I was like okay I, I I feel like I kind of need to do something so then I started going into the gym uh and then I thought let me you know start running on the treadmill then when I think I got a bit more confident on that and a little bit bored of running uh, on the treadmill, I decided to get outdoors and started running outdoors. And then, you know, slowly building up my confidence over the distance and thinking, oh, okay, yeah, I can do 5K, I can do 5K and moved on to 10K, 10K moving on to half marathon and then marathon distance. Um, and then when I completed, I think my third or fourth marathon in uh, Verona in Italy, um, I think at the end of that, I like the, in the evening, I was like, I really want to push myself next, but what do I want to do that really step, like encourages me to step outside my comfort zones? So then I was like, I haven't cycled since, you know, I used to cycle a lot when I was younger. I haven't really, you know, been on a bike since in my sort of teenage and adult years. And I haven't swum for a very, very long time because I had a, a phobia of, um, deep water so then okay. I was like okay why don't I try an Ironman triathlon so <laughs> if I can swim that distance um, and you know if I can cycle uh, that distance and then run a marathon at the end of that then that I think will show me that I have you know complete you know I've really pushed myself out there I've really stepped out stepped out of my comfort zone and I've also overcome my uh, phobia of deep waters. So, I mean, for those who don't know, the Ironman triathlon distance is uh, just it's a 3.9 kilometer swim followed by a 180 kilometer bike ride, followed by a marathon uh, run, so about 42.2 kilometer run. <laughs> and um, so, uh, yeah, when I, after, after completing the Verona marathon, I was like, okay, I'm gonna give myself a year or so um, to train up for this Ironman, uh, which I did. And that I think really, really opened up so many opportunities 
and um, you know really broadened my horizon. Uh, so after completing that, you know, training for that was such a, it was such a journey. I learned so much about myself. And after completing that, I then went on to do a multi-stage um, uh, ultra marathon in the Wadi Rum Desert. So it was 250 miles, uh, 250 kilometers, sorry, over uh, five days. <laughs> and then I also uh, took part in a relay run from LA to Vegas, uh, which was absolutely incredible running in, um, oh, I forgot what it's called now, the, de uh, the desert. Um, De uh, the, the, oh, I forgot what it's called now. Um, but yeah, the desert in there was uh, absolutely amazing. I think that was like one of the greatest experiences. Okay. <laughs> so hold on, let me just get this right. You've just rallied off stuff, just like, you know, oh, it's just like willy nilly. I've, I, I've done this and I've done that. And it's, it's some of the stuff you've done in there. It's, it's, make, it's making my eyes water just thinking about it. It's me. Um, <laughs> and I, and uh, so you were doing all this i'm presuming a lot of it while you were at university as well no no no. so no. this was um so uh, this was after university i would okay. say um so uh my um ironman triathlon was in 2018 uh and i was just looking at my frame just to remind me what the day was <laughs> so yeah that was in 2018 yeah, 2018. Uh, gosh, that's time has flown by. Uh, and uh, the Wadi Rum Ultra was uh, the same. Uh, no, it was the following year. And then the Speed Project um, was the following year as well. And that was um, from LA to Vegas um, with a team in a relay format, which was, uh, yeah, the, running with uh, all those other people in our team was um, absolutely amazing whole experience in itself so where, where do i start i don't know where to start with all that all the information you've just given me i don't know where to start um so you're clearly a very driven person um and you clearly have set yourself goals in various different sports and so on and so forth and like I said, it's the first ever person I've come across, which is which is a hybrid athlete. Um, so enough respect for that anyway. It's hard enough doing one sport, let alone trying to do different sports at, a, at such a high level. Um, that's not something what a normal South Asian girl would do, right? So, yeah, totally. So, You're totally right, totally right, totally right. So what was, your, what was the kind of feeling from by the sounds of things your immediate family are very supportive in getting yeah. you into sports from a very young age um but did you suffer any kind of adversity from i don't know from the community in, in any kind of way where they were like you know why are you doing this why are you going abroad what you're doing and you know and do, yeah. do you see where i'm trying to come from yeah yeah totally i mean i've had so much, uh, you know, adversity in terms of the community, uh, you know, things like, oh, you know, people would come over, they would see, you know, come to our house and they'd see all these huge like protein powders and they'd be like, 
oh my son has that too and my mom would be like oh it's not for my son it's for my daughter <laughs> like yeah and they're like why does she need to take protein powder she's gonna get bulky and then it'd be you know those sort of comments like that or you know the the a lot of the comments around you know lifting weights why do you need to lift weights you're uh female you, you don't need to um you know why don't you kind of you know go home and study and get married <laughs> and um you know there's been a lot of that over the past few years um you, you know especially as like you know you know particularly in the last year and last two years i've had like cousins who are 21 22 getting married and it's like okay so what about you <laughs> and it's like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so how um, have you so how have you sort of come uh, overcome that? Because you're clearly doing what you're doing, and you love what you're doing, and you and so you should, yeah. But yeah. how have you sort of overcome that? And have you had any challenges with that? Trying to overcome that, and have you had some? I'm presuming some very awkward conversations. Oh with- yeah, yeah. I mean. It even ended up with one uh, person uh, trying to fix me up with uh, this guy who drove all the way from Leicester. Uh, I came back from a run, so I'm based in London, for those who don't know, and came back from a uh, run and I got a call to say, hurry up, get changed, there's a guy who's meeting you today. And I was like, hold on a second, say what? Okay. they um and then you know they'd been they gave me this like oh you know he'll totally understand that you love sports he work he plays football at a high level um and he also you know he he also works in finance uh and all these other things and so I, was like, I really don't want to he's like you have to he's driven all the way from Leicester <laughs> and he's at this bakery waiting for you <laughs> and it was like what <laughs> and then I um so then end up having to meet him and it turned out that he just played football five aside with his friends David Beckham was sitting in the waiting room I know. I, I was like, is this like the South Asian Marcus Rashford or something? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, it was like all these, like, he'd been totally hyped up the wrong way, or he told his mum things completely different about him or who the person who they told me. And yeah, so, and then I think he got really intimidated when I started talking about all my sports and stuff like that. And he was like, right okay (laughs) and so the yeah that was that was I think um one of the most awkward experiences that I had but also quite funny (laughs) as well yeah Um, and I I think in hindsight I think it's one of those things isn't it Mara I think I think we've we've discussed it offline as well where it's it's that that whole stigma that's sort of attached to Mm. um being South Asian being a female that you know you should be just you know I don't think it is as bad nowadays I think Nowadays, there is some obviously clearly yourself, and there's there's loads of athletes that are um, South Asian athlete females that are that are out there that are promoting what oh, they're yeah. doing, and and they're getting a lot of support as well. But I still feel that more could be done with the community mm. in trying to raise that sort of awareness that you know, like they say, girls can lift too, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean. Obviously, clearly, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to phase you much in in what you're doing. You're you're still doing what you love. And do you think is there a message that you would give to people that 
potentially maybe there's a there's another girl that's listening into this podcast mm. who's got aspirations in some kind of sport is there anything that you would sort of give sort of turn around and say you know what this is my advice on that yeah so I think you know based on my own experiences my personal experiences and also uh, working with my personal training clients I you know predominantly work with South Asian female clients and the ones who based on my experiences and the ones who are most successful in terms of my clients they are the ones who have some sort of a support network I think having forming a support network is really really important and if it is really difficult to um, you know get your family um, your family support I mean I was quite lucky to have the support of mine um, but if you can't you know reach out to others uh you know have you got friends that you can reach out to who can who can support you uh you know on social media you can uh find communities on there you can find communities online there's you know a real growing steady number of communities across a variety of different sports um you know for example in cycling in the uk there are um <clears throat> groups like the cycle sisters and women of cycling uh women of color cycling groups so those are um you know cycling groups for example and uh there's also soul swimmers who are specifically aimed at black and asian uh swimmers um you know encouraging them to overcome the barriers that they may experience and they also have uh, sort of uh, meetups where you don't necessarily have to go swimming, but it's about getting comfortable about being by the water. Um, so, you know, find communities uh, to help you with your support network. Was there ever a time where you sort of got to the point where you sort of thought, you know what, it's not worth the hassle if, but I suppose with you, you're lucky because like I said, you're, you're, your family seem very supportive in what you do but were there were there were there dark times effectively where you sort of thought to yourself do you know what this is really getting to me now where people are either trying to fix me up or people are you know I just want to do what I, what I love doing just let me crack on with it uh I think there are but I ultimately I think you know this is when I said you know going to using my support network speaking to my friends is really really important just having someone as a sounding board uh, just to listen as opposed to you know relaying like advice um you know just someone who can speak to without um you know forming an opinion or saying out loud their their views on anything is really really helpful um because you know there are times where you might feeling like oh you know i'm in this dark place and don't know what to do i need help um and uh, I think, you know, those are, um, you know, people who have really, really helped me. Good. Okay. That's really, really good to hear. So what are your aspirations in sport now? And you're going to get, yeah. and you're going to reel off a massive long list. You're going to turn around and say, I'm going to become world boxing champion or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I, I, in CrossFit, I'm 
I mean, my, uh, you know, my PVs are no, no way like that great, but I mean, I'm working on getting um, like 120 uh, kilo um, deadlift. So, you know, just reached 95. I used to have 100 kg a few years ago, but I have, I kind of, you know, dropped down. And so I'm working back on that. Uh, so building my strength on that. And then uh, currently I am training for a, a sub three hour 30 uh, marathon time uh, and I'll hopefully be racing that at Manchester uh, later on this year in October. And then uh, also I have been uh, selected as one of the sports leads for South Asian Heritage Month. Uh, in the UK for 2021 and um, so that is going to be really really exciting uh, you know really encouraging um, and working with you know variety of organizations and brands and people to elevate the status of South Asians in sports uh, in the UK. Amazing stuff amazing stuff so another question I did have is you've clearly when you're training for these various different sports you're doing crossfit you're doing a lot of running you're doing cycling you're swimming you're doing you're doing basically everything um unfortunately you must have come across some forms of injuries have you had any major injuries and how have they sort of you know what's 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 basically happened with them yeah so my main injury was last year where just before I decided to take on um, the marathon uh, 3R30 um, challenge, I got an injury in my ankle and also my lower back, which meant that I wasn't able to either lift weights or really do any running uh, for, it was a good couple of months. Um, And I couldn't really do any swimming as well because that, whilst that would have helped my back it would it just caused me pain in my ankle uh so that was really really hard and i think given that we were also in lockdowns in that period it was even harder because um you know going out for walks was probably the only thing that really really helped me to just clear my mind but it wasn't the same as the benefits that I felt when I was you know doing some sort of um, other exercise Uh, so yeah I think that was really really challenging and it just felt like it was just the recovery was taking forever and ever and ever and I was just like am I ever going to get better and when is this you know when will I be able to get out there again so yeah that was a really really tough period last year. And you, you mentioned that it's, it was challenging and a lot of people, especially um, during the lockdown period, have found it really, really difficult um, and it's really impacted their mental health. Um, mm. With myself, um, I spoke quite openly about it. When I had my injury, it really knocked me for six because, yeah. and then I actually slipped into basically depression and I was suffering with anxiety and so on and so forth because I was training to such a high level and I was so used to doing that and then all of a sudden at a click of a fingers it was taken away from me um that really really affected me um so what I would like to know is how did that affect you mentally and 
what did you do to overcome it? I know you mentioned around the walking, but I'd like to know a bit more about how it sort of affected you mentally. Yeah, so mentally, it was it was really hard in that for me, I use exercise as a way for also processing my emotions. Um, if I've had a tough day at work, for example, or if I know that I'm going, you know, if I'm in the middle of lots of deadlines at work, then, you know, an, a big exercise session just helps me to, you know, think creatively. Um, you know, some of my best ideas or more creative ideas come when I'm actually exercising as opposed to sitting down and with a notepad and trying to think of ideas. Um, and some of the, be the best times where I feel like I've really cleared my mind have been when, um, or when I've been able to reflect on situations has been when I've been exercising uh, during a training session. Um, so having that taken away from me meant that, you know, I wasn't really, I was really, really struggling to think creatively about anything. I think I was really struggling to, you know, work around and manage my deadlines um, and, you know, time, manage my time a lot more because I think having exercise and having a training plan also helps you in, yeah, in, you know, basic things like managing your time, creating that schedule, because that in itself is a form of schedule. So, you know, knowing when to put that in your day, because that's also a time for you to, well, it was a time for me to get away from my desk um, or at the beginning of the day, depending on when it when I was doing it, just to kind of like take a break. And without that, I felt like I didn't really, I wasn't really like, ex, um, you know, having and taking my right to have a break, which meant that, you know, that work-life balance blur really, really continued. And I think that it, it came really, there were a lot of times where I was really struggling to even have that, um, that, you know, work, working um, and also, um, you know, sit, taking away my laptop and closing it for the day. Um, that was, yeah, so that those were a couple of things that really, really helped, um, you know, hit me when I didn't have exercise <laughs> in my life uh, during those past few months. No, I totally understand. And I think it, it, you it paints a clear picture, doesn't it? I mean, from a young age, you've been introduced to sport, the outdoors and so on and so forth, and you've enjoyed doing that. And then when, once that gets taken away from you because of an injury or because of something like a lockdown, um, yeah. it could really, really affect you. Um, and I think it's really powerful stuff on how you've been able to sort of come across and openly talk about that and how it's affected you but also I think people will be able to people listening will be able to understand the benefits of actually getting out and about and I know the government are always on about it now um, there's so many people out there that are on about getting outdoors and just getting out and you know releasing some endorphins and going for a walk and so on so forth so it's so critically important um, for people to do that um, and I, I think you've given some uh, some great great tips on that um and it seems to me that even without you knowing that's your uh, coping mechanism as they say so when things are getting tough when if you're if you're you're struggling with deadlines with work and things like that you know what your coping mechanism is do you know what i need to go out need to go for a big gym session or i need to go for a run or whatever and you mm -hmm. know that you're going to then feel in a better place and you actually end up 
thinking of ideas about work which then helps you with that as well so really yeah. really good stuff really really important stuff there um so finally yeah, yeah oh, go, 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 go. no no go yeah go <laughs> no and I think also like for me another I mean as a result of you know like I talked about my walks I, I, I talk a lot about it on my social on you know my Instagram and stories but uh, no my morning walks have been really really helpful I've ended up kind of calling them my fake commute um, and you know <laughs> ended up getting a one of those prep monthly uh, subscriptions <laughs> and that has, been, that has been such a game changer I got that like last year and it was just like you know wake up super early walk to prep get a hot chocolate and walk back home and you know even when it was freezing cold I would just get an extra hot oat milk hot chocolate now it's just a normal hot chocolate not too hot and you know that has that has been a really really solid um coping mechanism and it also has really helped me at the start of the day just feeling more refreshed and mentally uh you know able to conquer the day so as a power lifter we're quite lazy when it comes to cardio and walking and so on so forth. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't have much of a choice and to be honest hands up now I've just been totally lazy but I get it with the whole walking thing and this is coming from a person that hardly does any cardio or anything like that I totally get it the the benefits of going out for a walk um, however your mind could be your worst enemy at some point because the amount of times that mm -hmm. I've set my alarm thinking, right, I'm going to go for a walk in the morning. This, It's so easy for your mind mm. to make up excuses. You hit that snooze button and then you think, yes. to yourself, actually, do you know what? I'll go a little bit later on, actually. Actually, it's a bit dark outside. I'll go in a bit. But that's just your mind just telling you they can't be asked to go outside for a walk either. <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah. it's a case of sort of once your alarm goes off, you get up, you have your clothes ready before you even have time to think you're out that door. Because then yeah. once you're out of that door, you do feel the benefits even if it's like a 20 minute walk um yeah you you realize and then you come back and you feel so refreshed like I yeah. got through a phase where I was doing it daily and then I didn't do it for like a week and a half and then all of a sudden I was like no I'm gonna go out I went out and I literally got halfway up the road and I just took a massive gulp of air and I was just like ah oh, this is brilliant why haven't I been doing this and it just helps sort of start your day and so on and so forth it's just that i just need to just stop being lazy and just get out because it is beneficial <laughs> it is massively beneficial and it and it has such an impact on your uh, mental well-being on on a day-to-day -day basis as well yeah 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 sure. oh okie dokie mara so before we go i would like to know what would you say to asian athletes on pursuing their career goals in sport and i would like to know dare i say it, what are your career aspirations moving into this year and the foreseeable future <laughs> well in terms of my career my aspirations um as in terms of you know the challenges that i set myself this year we've got the three hour 30 marathon challenge fingers crossed that goes well if that doesn't go if that if i don't so, that, I, yeah, I'm go just gonna, sorry let me just stop you right there so three hours 30 right so i don't know too much about marathon running right so let's say your average joe does a marathon 
what's the sort of time on that ah uh, so i think that's usually between four hours and five hours um yeah usually between that, that around that time and is it 25 is it 25 miles no uh so it's 42 kilometers which i think is about 26 miles 26 miles no miles Think something yeah something like that um so yeah 42 kilometers <laughs> wow wow okay continue please continue <laughs> um yeah so that you know each of my my next challenges will be based on will depend on how this one gets on so fingers crossed uh you know i achieve that um, but in terms of what would I say to South Asian athletes? Ooh, um, do you mean aspiring ones or? To, 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 to all, to all. So I would say to start off with two aspiring ones, to young kids mm. um, that are aspiring to do something in sport. I've got two daughters and hopefully one of them becomes a hybrid athlete. That'll be good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so just to... Yeah, as we were talking about previously, to break down those barriers, break down those stigmas, um, what would you say to those athletes? Yeah, so I would say step outside your comfort zones. I mean, I know it's a phrase that gets used quite a lot, but, you know, you don't know what will happen once you do step outside those comfort zones. That is when um, your growth will occur. It's good to... Um, your growth will occur where there is some sort of discomfort and you know for me my you know stepping outside of my comfort zones has helped me so much not only not only in terms of my in my in terms of sports but that has translated the skills that I've gained through that has translated into my day job um, and also, you know, the my job as a, a personal trainer. So, I, I, you know, I work in uh, finance, in um, public relations and media relations. So, you know, the skills I've developed. You know, when I've when I'm in my job, I have really learnt to, you know, be more creative in terms of my thinking, step outside of my comfort zones, in terms of, um, you know, things that. I didn't think that I would do before. Like, for example, I'm now on the steering committee of a women's network and also an ethnic minority network, uh, which both um, encourage, uh, you know, focusing on uh, progressing uh, women and also ethnic minorities in their careers um, and getting uh, our workplace, you know, to get a, a more uh, diverse talent pipeline. And, you know, I think if I didn't do the things that I've done in sports, I don't think I would have, um, you know, found myself sitting on the steering committees of these networks. So yeah, I think um, stepping outside of your comfort zone is a real, real benefit. And also, you know, continue doing what you are doing because representation matters. And, you know, you carry, you doing what you are doing, there are other people who will see you and they'll think, oh, I can do it now because I see myself reflected in, you know, seeing the other South Asian person doing it. You know, for example, in powerlifting, in weightlifting, there are so many South Asian women and men um, uh, coming up as well that, and before, you know, that was something that was, you just didn't see that many of. 
and now I think you know we've we're seeing a lot more and it's being reflected and I think people have got loads more role models uh, as well so those are my thoughts on that yeah I agree and I think I think more and more people are breaking down the barriers and that's just making it easier for everybody else as well um to crack on with it I know there's 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 powerlifting um there's there's plenty of representation in that now uh even mm. in boxing uh there's yeah. there's there's, uh, there's a lot of females a lot of even south asian females that are getting into the world of boxing so i, I just believe that it, it's good to break down these barriers and just allow people to do what they want to do and think to themselves if people like yourself are doing what you're doing uh like i said at, at the beginning i never met a hybrid athlete before let alone a south asian hybrid athlete so so you know that could that will inspire so many other people to go down that route and think oh do you know what mara does it and she does a great job and look what she's doing with it um and it just inspires more and more people and uh, gives us more recognition so fantastic yeah. lovely mara it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today thank you so much for taking the time out and sharing your experience and your knowledge uh, with us today and i'd like to wish you the very best in everything you do and go smash that three sub 330 uh, marathon which i'm sure you will thanks fingers crossed <laughs> perfect cheers mara all the best take care now thanks